That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. So if you have unprotected sex during the days you're not ovulating. Sperm can stay around, yeah. Towards the day. It just yeah. chills there. Yeah. Some sperm can last for a long time. It's Violet Benson, your favorite meme queen and the big sis you didn't ask for, but need. Welcome to Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Are you ready? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Almost Adulting, the number one podcast for mental health and dating with everything in between with me, your big sister, and your host, Yoletta Benson. Today, we have the privilege of speaking with Dr. Shaheen Gadir, a world-renowned fertility specialist with over 20 years of experience in the field. He is the founder of the Southern California Reproductive Center, which has helped countless couples and individuals navigate the often complex and emotional journey of infertility and He's also has been recognized as a top doctor by Castle Connolly and U.S. News and World Report. I'm so excited to have him on today because he's not only a highly respected fertility specialist, but he's also someone who truly cares about his patients. I've done a lot of research about this before he came on, and he goes above and beyond to help them achieve their dreams of starting a family when they're ready. And he's actually also currently helping me go through the process of freezing my eggs, which we are going to dive into that today. So yeah, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, we are all excited about freezing your eggs. Yes, I'm very excited for that. So you guys, whoever's listening, whether you're someone who's struggling with infertility or you're just interested in learning more about fertility and reproductive health or my current journey with freezing my eggs, which has been really interesting. I know that you're going to find his insights and expertise incredibly valuable. So let's get started. First, I thought we could get started with one of the biggest myths when it comes to fertility, which I think many of us are unfamiliar with, unaware of this, is that we all think fertility is only a woman's issue. When in reality, it can be both men and women that can experience fertility issues. Is that correct? Absolutely, 100%. So in the past, people used to think it's a lot more of a female issue, but now it's clearly been documented in all kinds of research that about 40% of fertility is male, 40% is female, and there's still about 20% where we just can't figure out what is going on. That's called unexplained infertility. So yep, if the guys are listening out there, be careful because it could be from your side as well. Yeah. What are some of the most common reasons for infertility in both men and women? I'll tell you the most common reason in women that has been there and is happening and is continuing and is not changing is advanced maternal age. So women are just waiting too long to use their fertility and to take advantage of having kids. Our parents were having us in their 20s. And now people are waiting until much, much, much later in life. The average age of a woman walking into my clinic is 39 years old. And that's sad. Because by the age of 39, many women have had significant declines in their fertility, and it affects their overall chances of having the family that they want to if they have not frozen their eggs in a younger age. So what would you say the proper age is when you're most fertile as a woman? 
I mean, your most fertile years are between 20 and 29, I'd say. Um, maybe even like 27, because studies have shown that at the age of like 27, 28, your fertility starts to decline. Your egg reserve starts to go down, quality of egg starts to go down as well. Okay, what are other factors when it comes to infertility for women? So age is number one. Um, the other one is that we have like a major problem with obesity in our country, and being overweight has an incredibly big impact on negative egg quality. Oh. Being overweight also sometimes goes along with polycystic ovary syndrome. Then it causes a lack of ovulation. Then it causes poor egg quality. So all of that kind of goes together as one kind of area of lack of ovulation and poor egg quality, um, which I think is the second biggest area. One of my biggest concerns was when I was finally getting off birth control is that I won't be fertile because I've been on birth control since I was 17. Is that a Big myth? myth. Big myth. Oh, so multiple myths in the use of birth control. So using birth control for long periods of time does not decrease your fertility. And it also does not save all your eggs from being destroyed. Despite being on birth control, your body is still losing eggs on a regular basis as they die. Every month when you ovulate, about a thousand eggs die off in the process. But while on birth control, about a thousand eggs die off in the of just over time as well. So being on birth control doesn't save your fertility. And in no way does it make your fertility worse. Uh -huh. However, sometimes for some people, the first few months after being on birth control for a long period of time, actually they have trouble ovulating for some people. Now, it's not true for everyone. Some people are incredibly fertile the month they come off, but sometimes people have a little bit of a challenge for a couple of months to get back to normal ovulation. Oh, wow. Okay. That's really interesting. Okay. What are some of the reasons some men are infertile? Men have infertility for a lot of reasons. Okay. And, but the thing is we can't pinpoint them as easily. By the way, studies have shown that men after the age of 40, again, their sperm quality starts to decline and there's increased chances of having kids with chromosomal abnormalities. And there are some links that have not been proven very clearly or well that say that men over the age of 40 have a higher chance of having kids with autism. Now, it hasn't been proven. To me, that's enough to scare the hell out of me. I think people should take it seriously. We're freezing a lot of sperm for men in their 30s because they don't wanna even be in that category and have to deal with those issues. Other thing is that any, a lot of environmental factors, smoking, drinking, drugs, steam rooms, saunas, jacuzzis, super tight underwear, um, you know, all of the things that are around us everywhere can affect sperm in a negative way. Oh, right. I, I could have sworn I read that a long time ago. Someone told me, maybe when I was younger, this guy wasn't wearing underwear. And then he said, oh, it's because super tight underwear, take away some sperm or make you infertile. And I was like, that is such a silly thing to say. And he was right. Yeah. Super tight underwear is going to have lots of effects on testicular temperature and sperm as well. Okay. So then obviously I exercise, stress, all of that actually affects all fertility. of those things. All of those things affect fertility for men and women. It's very, very true. Being as healthy as you can be can help your fertility. But then again, I get women coming into my office at 43 and they are incredibly healthy and they exercise all the time and they don't eat one bad thing under the perfect weight, it still is not gonna keep your fertility forever. It may help you carry a healthy pregnancy, but in no way is that saving your eggs. Got it, okay, so for women, it's around 29 that the uh, they have less, more of a chance to be, not 
not in so have it, issues. The problem is this: it's very different for different women. There are Got some it. people that their fertility begins to decline at twenty three. There are some women that their fertility does not even decline at like forty. Right. Well, so I just wanted to kind different. of compare overall for women around twenty nine, for men around forty. That's kind of so. Ages. What in, the things that have studies have shown, which we have to look at research always because that's the most important thing. For men, after forty becomes starts to become a problem, but many many people have sperm to the day they die. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. for women, it's the average age, 26 to 29, I'd say, is when the decline for fertility begins. Yeah. Okay. And my ex, he used to smoke a lot of weed like every day. And my head always thought that that guy is probably going to be incredibly infertile, if that's the correct answer. But now he has two kids. So it was never mind. So there are some men that are more sensitive and weed and pot can affect their sperm a lot. And then there are men, there are the men that it, they don't get really that affected. Got it. Okay. So I wanted to first dive into the egg freezing area when we're going to talk, um, especially because I'm freezing my eggs. And it was, it took me a lot in my own brain to find the courage to freeze my eggs. It's the weirdest thing. It's almost like, you know, you're supposed to, but it, I had these emotions of a feeling like I failed somehow that I'm going through freezing my eggs versus just having a baby with a partner because I didn't find my person. And then B, B, I didn't even want to have kids right now, which is another thing. It made me feel like I'm failing because I'm in my 30s, don't want to have kids. And then C, I had the biggest fear, which a lot of women have this, I had the biggest fear to find out that what if I'm not fertile? Because of that fear, I kept prolonging not freezing my eggs, which is so silly. So I'm very glad you answered those three reasons because <laughs> I was about to turn this interview around okay. and say, why would you have that fear? And I hear this and deal with this all day long, and it's complicated for many, many people. But the world has changed, but the female biology has not. So the days when women got married when they were 20 and then started to have a family at 21, 22 have really changed. That women are as much of the workforce that men are. Women have careers just like men do. And it is a thing of the past to sit there and want to have babies when you're 20 years old, when yeah. the men are out there trying to learn to become something and have a career. Yeah. So for that reason, because the female body has not changed, women are not making eggs like men are making sperm. We have to be very smart about this process. I agree. For many, many women in their 30s, when they're working at their prime with everything, finding a relationship that works doesn't always work out, and having the time to have kids doesn't always work out. I always, I always tell my wife her job is so much harder than me yeah. because she does. She works and runs our life. She runs our house. She runs our kids to an extent more than I do, and it's a lot of work. A lot of work, and I understand why for many women it's a it's a problem. I think everyone, when they think of kids, it, the women are supposed to be happy. When in reality, if you are very driven and independent woman, when a child sometimes kind of gets in the way of you getting the promotion that you want and all that, and sometimes you just want to push it. I don't know. I'm just saying. So first, I want to debunk some egg freezing myths. A few more. So number one, one of the biggest myths when it comes to freezing your eggs is that it's only for women that want to delay motherhood. Is that true? I'm not sure if that's true because there it's are not. some women that right now want to have a kid, but they're freezing their eggs or their embryos because by the time they are wanting to have baby number two, three, or four, the problem may be then. 
and not necessarily now. So you could come to my office when you're 33 and probably have no problem getting pregnant. But let's say you deliver at 34. You don't want to have another kid till you're like 36, 37, 38. By the time you want to have baby number three and you're in your 40s, it'll probably be really hard. So if you don't have those eggs from now, it may be a major issue. Okay, yeah. And then it's also actually, it's also used for people that want to donate their eggs and people that are going through, what is it, um, undergoing cancer. So there's some, there's an entire field called oncofertility, where we're freezing eggs for people that are about to undergo chemo, radiation, and things that will harm their fertility for life and never come back. Wow. So if you're about to do anything like that, an immediate phone call. We generally get those people into our clinic within 24 hours and make sure that they freeze their eggs right away because our cancer treatments have become much, much, much better. And in this day and age, many people are trying to freeze their eggs because they're going to survive and they're going to be great. And we want them to come back in five years and have a kid. So at what age would you say it's optimal for a woman to start considering, really considering freezing her eggs, whether she's in a relationship or not, but she's just not ready? What, what do you think is a good age to start thinking about it? So I think that Every, the younger, the better. I say that answer every time someone's asked me this question, but there are women that are 24 years old and are not really thinking about egg freezing. We are not there yet in society and with the education and with everything we know about egg freezing, we're not quite there. So what I tell people is if the day you hit 30, you're not about to start having your kids, you need to freeze your eggs. Because at the age of 30, many, I have people that come in their 20s, but it's very hard to convince someone in their 20s when they really should be doing this, yeah. that it's the time for them to do it. So many, many people are coming to us now when they hit 30. I just, I get really concerned when I get a call from someone and they're like 48 and they want to freeze their eggs. Because it makes me think that unfortunately that person doesn't understand what's going on with their female biology. The way that everyone should look at this is they need to have their own fertility assessed. It's a simple, it's a blood test. You have it assessed because in this day and age, everyone is different. I have people that call me at 31 to freeze their eggs. And then when they come in and they do their blood test, we see, oh my God, they've had a major decline in fertility. Did I? No. Oh. <laughs> But it has happened many, many times for many yeah. patients. No, so uh, we're going to discuss the process of freezing eggs because another big myth that people have, aside from you know being afraid to find out whether or not you you're fertile or not, is the fact that I always thought the process was going to be incredibly long, painful, and I was really scared of it until one of my friends in New York froze her eggs and she's in a relationship and she still froze her eggs because they weren't ready to have a child. And she said, oh, it took me 10 days. It was like in and out, like a whole month, I would say a month max. And that was really, and then I asked her, is it painful? Cause she's a big sissy. So I know it, like you just touch her and she's in pain. And she was like, no, it's so painless. So that was really cool to see. And after that, I did my research and obviously found you. So I think that's a, I'm happy everyone listening to debunk that myth that it's long and painful because yeah, I already so started. I think, you know, that's really important. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I think everyone should know the way that egg freezing works is you do a consultation, you do some testing, I give you feedback on how fertile you are. And then after that, you call us with your period. You come in on day two, three, or four of your period. Some women we put on birth control for about a week to stop their natural ovulation cycle. And then we go into about 10 to 12 days of injections that we teach them. The injections go right into the belly. And then after those injections are done, they're ready to have the eggs out. So that's under a month. Some people, we skip the birth control altogether. They call us on day one, they come in on day two, and by day, day three or four, you go into injections, and 10 to 12 days later, they're done again. So it's yeah. like two two weeks, basically, and they're all done with this whole process. Does it does it make a difference? What's the difference whether you take the birth control or not? It's really for timing. So some people, like, they haven't done all their paperwork, they're not ready to start, or they may have to go out somewhere. So we put them on birth control to stop the ovulation. And other people are ready to go, their medications are ordered, everything's taken care of, so we have no issues. You come in, as long as your ovaries are at rest, your blood levels are nice and low, we go ahead and get started. Got it. Yeah, so I started the process basically I fill out all the paperwork and then I I went in to do my blood work. And I remember when I came in to do my blood work, it's when I found out that I also had to do the ovulation test because those are my periods. So it's when they put that thing inside of you to take the pictures of everything. No, that's not an ovulation Sorry, test. Sorry, what is that? It's an ultrasound. I'm so stupid. It's an <laughs> ultrasound. It is not an ovulation test. It's an ultras- It's a vaginal ultrasound that's done. And the vaginal ultrasound looks at your ovaries because we do blood tests the most important blood test that you need to have your OBGYN do for you is called an AMH, anti-malarian hormone, AMH. Okay. You could do that any day of the month. You don't have to be on your period. You don't have to be off your period. It doesn't matter at all. So we do that test and then we know kind of where the fertility levels are. We also do an ultrasound in the beginning of the month and we look at the little follicles on everyone's ovaries. They're, they're little bubbles. Right. And the more of these bubbles you have, the more eggs you have. Now, when you start to have a lot of these, that means you have polycystic ovary syndrome. But if you have like 10, 12 of these on each ovary, that's a very healthy, healthy, healthy ovary. And that's an antral follicle count. So that's what we look at as well. And that tells us also how fertile people are by doing that count. Yeah, so when I came in, I didn't know I was gonna do the ultrasound. And in that, I I did my blood test. In that moment, I freaked out because it was that me finally coming face to face with the fact that I may be infertile and that was so scary, but uh, then I found out that I'm good, right? I don't want anyone to think of it that way. I just don't understand why doing a transvaginal ultrasound would make you think you're infertile. It's giving us information, information is power. I have had people with very, very low fertility levels like people that, in, like if they were you, they'd be crying and like freaking out, but people that were proactive and had low egg reserves and froze their eggs. And with very, very low, I've had people make one egg and they had a baby. Wow, okay. Okay, and that's someone with a very low fertility that with medications and everything still can only make one egg. Which is actually one of the the next myths that I have for egg freezing. So there's some myths that a lot of people believe. A, you need to freeze a large amount of eggs. So you're saying no. Well, this is the thing. Efficiency of eggs is really low. Many, many eggs are abnormal for women. 
Okay. Okay. So if you only get one or two eggs, you have a very low chance that that's going to be enough. So I always tell everyone, try to get as many eggs as you can, because the more eggs you have, the better are going to be your chances that you do well. So the more eggs you have, the better the chances, the more opportunities that each one of them can make you one of your future kids. Okay. When exactly do you know how many eggs someone has? You don't. Okay. But I can tell you when you do the procedure, oh, you got 24 eggs. 20 of them are mature. We freeze only the mature ones. So you have 20 eggs and that's 20 opportunities to have a baby. Got it. So the ultrasound and the blood tests are what tells you whether or not a person's fertile, very fertile or lower chances. So the ultrasound and also the blood test are what are part of what's called the fertility assessment. They give me a guide that tell me she's going to do really well and do have a lot of good eggs, hopefully, or she's going to have very low number of eggs. Now, if I have patients that are once in a while, we have a patient that's like 44, 45 that makes a, a bunch of eggs, but still quality isn't also a big issue. So if you're doing this at a younger age, you're going to have better quality eggs than if you're doing it at an older age. So it's better to do it younger. It's better to get as many eggs as possible. Got it. Okay. Some other egg freezing myths are that frozen eggs last forever. Apparently that's not a thing. So they theoretically do. Oh, okay. So, I mean, when I say forever, I tell patients, you know, you're 30 years old now. Um, please don't come back in 30 years to use these eggs. Right. Like I'm not putting a 60-year-old embryos. Yeah. Nor will I encourage a 60-year-old to even use a surrogate because I just don't think it's really that fair for a kid to be born to a 60-year-old. Now, I, I say that with a lot of caution because I have had some older parents that turned out to be unbelievable parents. But in general, when they say there's no, there is a time limit, there's a time limit because we want you to come and use them while your body's still healthy yeah. and you can still be a good parent. I'm not here to judge who's a good parent and who's not. Right. But so that's a, a little bit of a... Uh, we got to be careful there. But with that being said, the eggs theoretically are supposed to be frozen in time oh. forever. Okay. So what's what would you say the success rate of egg freezing is and how likely is it to, how likely are you then to have a successful pregnancy after? I love that question and I can't answer it Okay, because so many people have asked that. So there's no way to say, okay, Violetta, your success rate with your eggs is going to be, you know, 43%. There's just no way. Okay. We have no idea what your egg quality is. We don't know in the future when you come to use them if your future husband is going to be 90 years old with the worst sperm ever or if he's going to be 25-year-old with the best sperm ever and make you beautiful embryos. So it's really impossible to answer that question. So if you make a genetically healthy embryo, which is an egg and a sperm put together, we let it grow, it grows beautifully, we test it, and it comes back genetically normal. In my clinic, your success rate is between like 76 and 84%, depending on what month we look at. So it's really high. And if you're 44 and make one of them, your success rate is really high. And if you're 33 and you make 10 of them, the success rate is high for each of them. Got it. But freezing your eggs doesn't guarantee a pregnancy. That's still, you know, like you said, you have to actually have the healthy eggs. You have to then do the embryo with the sperm. Absolutely. So just freezing your egg does not mean, but in general speaking, it's important for everyone to understand that yes, if you freeze an egg at a younger age, there's a much higher chance that that embryo is going to be healthy and do well. What happens to the eggs that you froze if you, for whatever reason, decide not to use them or the person passes away? 
You can discard them. You can leave them in your will. I have a patient of mine that called me and said, Dr. Gadir, thank you so much for helping me. My baby is born. I think I'm going to freeze some eggs now and leave it in my will in case any of my kids ever have problems. I want them to have my biological tissue to use. Whoa. Which I thought was incredibly, incredibly interesting to be thinking that far ahead, thinking of your kids like that. But I thought that was incredible. So if I'm not fertile... And my sister still is. I can take her eggs and put it inside of me with my husband's sperm? Yes. That's called egg donation. And for people that don't have their sister to give them eggs or their cousin to give them eggs or their mother to leave them eggs on their will, there's an entire program in this country called egg donation. When someone... And it's not really donation, but it's they call it donation. Um, It's when you use it person who's usually between the ages of 20 and 29 and then they donate they give their eggs they do get paid for it okay a good amount of money yeah they get paid a good amount of money and then their eggs are made into embryos with the sperm of your choice your husband for example and then the embryo goes in you i'm literally asking the most i i'm sure to you dummy questions but i think including myself there's a lot of people who don't know this stuff because i didn't even realize that I just assume if you're not fertile, it means you can't carry a baby. It's pretty cool to know that you can still carry a baby if you're not fertile because there's other things. First of all, I think these questions are excellent because I think 99% of the people out there, all these questions are like, wow, I didn't know that. Oh, I thought that, but I wasn't sure of that. And I think hearing them from a specialist that does this all day long and learning about this, and I I love that your audience is exactly who needs to be hearing this. Right. Another cool thing I will say, okay, so when I started the process of freezing my eggs, uh, he takes everything very seriously and he really reprimanded me, but I love it because obviously the doctor that you're working with, you don't want them to be overly lenient or F around. So basically I did my blood work. I did my ultrasound. It was on my second day of my period. And then I had to pick up my birth control and I forgot. So it was like a week or two weeks later, we're on the phone and I told him, Hey, I just want you to know, I just picked up my birth control. And he was like, stop. There's no point to use them because you're behind Violetta. You need to take this seriously. And he was just literally felt like I was being well, told, I, I, but like I to, loved it. I like to think that I'm not that serious. And a lot of my patients know that we make this as fun as possible, but you have to take this seriously. Like the day we told you to start your birth control pill, I don't know why you thought that you could wait 10 days later and randomly on a phone call with me say, oh, I'm going to start the birth control today. I didn't say start the birth control 10 days later. I said, you need to pick up the birth control and start it today. Maybe we didn't communicate it with you well enough. I'm sure we did, but we'll... (laughs) Well, well, maybe we didn't. So we have a learning moment there. No, it's me. I'm, I'm, I blame myself. So there's no blame involved. We're here because I have a couple of, I love my clinic. I absolutely adore my staff. I have two of my lead nurses are the best I've ever had in my career. And they're amazing. And they love my patients and my patients love them. And I love what I do. I love to do this for you. So when you want to have baby number four and it's not happening, we can use them and we can make sure that you do so well. No, uh, of course. I I think I was so 
not educated enough with understanding all of this that I didn't even understand the difference. Because you then explained to me on the phone the difference of me waiting 10 days and the importance of getting my birth control the day you told me. And also, yeah, I, I want to have the best results. I, I didn't take it seriously. And in that moment, I was like, holy shit, okay, this is very serious. It's a big deal. Let's get it over with. Well, I think anything that involves healthcare, there's no like leniency there. It needs to be done the right way. No one wants to be messing around with their health, yeah. whether it's egg freezing, cancer treatment, you know, high cholesterol, mental health. Yeah. With No matter what it is, I think that people need to take it very seriously. So I'm glad it came across now that you need to know the importance yeah. of how to do this. No one wants to give this much time, this much effort, and this much money into something and then mess it up at the end of the day. What is the cost of egg freezing? And does insurance cover it or how does that so work? So many of our patients these days, it's actually, I got to say, I'm very happy about one thing. More and more patients actually have coverage, which is great. Like not, not me. A lot of the big employers, for example, like Disney, Snapchat, you know, Google, Apple, um, a lot of these places, Amazon, a lot of these companies are now offering fertility care. Netflix has amazing fertility care. So if you're looking for a job, make sure you ask that question. So when you decide which one to take, you take the one that also has great fertility coverage that you could take advantage right. of. So I know patients of mine that are like, literally have taken jobs because of the fertility coverage. Wow. Because it adds up a lot. What would you say the average cost is for egg freezing? Obviously, the, everyone's different. The average cost, I mean, we have specials that bring it to like six and a half thousand. It comes a couple times a year we do those. Um, usually it's in like the 7,000 range. I think that's kind of true. If you find a place that's doing them for like really, really cheap, I'd be very, very weary. Yeah. It's like when they do ads for LASIK eye surgery for like $3.99, I get really worried. Like yeah. what quality equipment, what quality of a lab, you know, all these things come to become very important in a situation like that. So I think freezing your eggs, eye surgery, a couple other areas of medicine that I would never cut quarters. You want to do- Plastic surgery. Yeah. I mean, like you got to do these things in like with the, under the best hands ever Yeah, because you're going to be in trouble if you don't. So I think finding an excellent lab like ours, ours is recognized to be one of the top IVF labs in the country. Um, I think all the doctors at UCLA, all the doctors at Cedars, 20 something other doctors in LA County use my lab. Right. And I think we're excellent. I'm not going to lie. Our lab director, Dr. Jason Barrett, is phenomenal. The embryology team in my clinic is amazing. So we do an excellent, excellent job with what we do in the lab for eggs, embryos, sperm, all of that. So for freezing your eggs, there's the fee for uh, the testing. Then there's the fee for the the actual process of the freezing your eggs, storing them, and then for the medication. Correct. So the medications you buy from a pharmacy, not right. from us, the IV, the egg freezing or the IVF process is that process. And then there's generally some testing, diagnostic testing beforehand. Right. Okay. Understood. And when you go through the process, I did want to go back to that really quick. So the process of freezing eggs, it's really simple and easy, a month max. You wait till your period, you do the blood work, then the ultrasound, then you either get on birth control or you don't. And then you, how many days do you inject yourself? Usually on average, it's 10 to 12 days. Some people a little less, some people a little more. 10 to 12 days. During those 10 to 12 days, what are the side effects? The, the biggest side effect that people complain of is bloating. 
Okay. So your ovaries are usually like two small little apricots, and then they start to become like two big grapefruits. That's for someone who's responding really well. If you put two grapefruits inside of your body, you're going to feel some like fullness in your pelvis. And that's that bloatedness that people feel. And it generally within like a week or so afterwards, it's gone again. Okay, got it. But that's one of the major side yeah, effects. Yeah, the major side effects. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home? isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And then after those 10 to 12 days of injecting yourself, then you go to extract your ovaries, yes? I mean, oh, shit. You're not extracting the ovaries, you're extracting the eggs. Yeah. So, (laughs) So you come to our surgery center, you're given some specific instructions on when to give your final shot exactly 36 hours later under a light sedation by my anesthesiologist. We're doing what's called the egg retrieval. An ultrasound is placed vaginally. There is a tiny little needle at the tip that helps go through the vaginal wall right into the ovary and helps retrieve the eggs. And how long is that process? It takes anywhere from maybe three minutes to 10 minutes. That's it? I mean, if you only have like three, four, five eggs and each one takes like 10, 15 seconds. Wow. Okay. That's crazy. Okay. And then the sedation, what does that mean? The minimal sedation is just that you can't feel your body from the waist down? So you, you, no, you just, no, you fall asleep and then you fall asleep into a deep sleep. It's the propofol that goes into the IV. Propofol makes you fall asleep when you wake up and you're all like, it's all done. Okay. Wow. Okay. I had no idea it was so quick. Yeah. It's the same medication people get for like colonoscopies and other minor procedures. Can you share some success stories that you have from your practice of women that successfully froze their eggs and later gone on with a healthy pregnancy? I've had some 44 and 45 year old patients freeze their eggs. Specifically, I had a couple 44 year olds come back and thaw their eggs, defrost them. They're called thaw. Um, At the age of like One came back at 45, one came back at 46. We thawed them and we made beautiful embryos that genetically tested and were normal, put them back in them and then they delivered. One of them delivered at seven. Um, One of my patients that's talked about this a lot is MJ from Shaws of of Sunset. Oh, wow, okay, yeah. She froze her eggs at 44 and a half. And she came and told me, I met Tommy at 46. We got a beautiful embryo, and then she put the embryo back in her and delivered at 47. 
Are there health issues for women to try to carry their babies around in yes. their 40s? Yeah, there are. Um, so for many women after the age of 35, they can are considered advanced maternal age. Mm-hmm. And the risks of gestational diabetes, high blood pressure, you know, a lot of other like preterm labor and stuff, they all increase with age. That's why it's important to keep your body also as healthy as possible. Got it. But the blood work would tell you if your body wasn't that healthy. Well, there's blood work for fertility and then there's overall blood work. Like let's say you're fertile and you've got a lot of eggs, but you weigh 250 pounds, you have high blood pressure and diabetes, that's not going to be a a great candidate for carrying a pregnancy. Okay, got it. I wanted to kind of dive into fertility now. What are some common fertility treatments that are available to couples who are struggling with infertility? IVF is the number one that has the highest success. There's artificial insemination we call IUI or intrauterine insemination, where we take the sperm at the right time of the month and injecting it into the patient. More and more of my patients are choosing to skip that and going to IVF because IVF, if you make a good number of eggs, you get a good number of embryos. Baby number two, three, and four can be sitting there waiting for you while we put the first embryo in you. Got it. And that's like freezing eggs, but for a married couple, you can make the embryo. And when you freeze an embryo, the benefit is you're able to know if it's genetically tested and normal now versus when you come back to me at 42 using your frozen eggs to make embryos and we decide then, okay, this is how many are normal. Yeah. At 42, when you thaw your eggs, there's gonna be difficult making more embryos then. Which couples are, would you say are good candidates for IVF? Because I know I wanted to do IVF because I want twins. Any woman in her 30s who wants to have more than one child needs to be thinking about, okay, do I need to know how fertile I am because I may not be that fertile when I want baby number two or three or four and I need to freeze my eggs now. So anyone who's in their 30s and thinking about more than one child should be addressing their fertility and seeing if they need to do that. IVF. Yes, to freeze embryos. What is IVF? IVF <laughs> is the word in vitro fertilization. The word in vitro means outside of the body fertilization. So we fertilize the egg and the sperm in the laboratory. That's why it's called in vitro, outside of the body, fertilization. Egg and sperm, instead of being fertilized inside the fallopian tubes, are being fertilized in the laboratory. Instead of being cooked inside of you, it's cooked on the outside. Right. We can only cook an embryo for five to seven days maximum outside the body before it has to go in your uterus. Wow, okay. Because at that point, it needs to connect with the mom's uterus and blood exchange needs to start to go to start helping the baby grow. Do you have an idea what the success rate is for IVF? Yes. As long as we are able to make a genetically tested healthy embryo, With the egg and the sperm, whether it's a frozen egg or not, the success rate of that genetically tested embryo is 76 to 84% for my clinic. Got it. The national average is about 40-something percent. Are there any risks that are associated with IVF? Obviously, with everything. There are. With everything, there's some risks. You know, there's the risks of the procedure. There were a lot of studies done years ago, like over 25 years ago, when IVF had started to see how healthy it is and what happens. Unfortunately, the studies were done really, really poorly. They were done in countries with like socialized medicine. So it's all like record keeping, but they were really poorly done. Um, Some studies showed that instead of the one to 2% normal congenital anomaly rate, it was between three to 4% for IVF babies. I don't see that at all anymore. 
or even when I started off my career. Mm -hmm. So I think that those numbers are really off and I think some really new studies need to be done. I personally think genetically testing an embryo and being really healthy actually gives you a healthier outcome than not genetically testing. So with IVF, how would how long typically does it take to conceive from the beginning of IVF to then? So it takes about a, about two weeks to four weeks to get the eggs out, another week for the egg and the sperm to grow as an embryo, and then another week for the genetic testing. So that's probably between like five, six weeks. And then once we get the genetic testing results, you know, it takes about a month to prepare the uterus to put the embryo back. A month so this the whole year. process, and sometimes we do an extra month for a practice month. Okay. So it takes something between two to three months. How do you prepare the, the your uterus for? We give pills okay. for the woman to take that are made of estrogen. It makes the estrogen makes the lining of your uterus thick. Wow. Ready for an embryo to stick to it. What's the success rate to get the to get pregnant the first try of IVF? 76 oh, okay. to 84%. Wait, okay, what about when people do IVF and they really want twins? Sometimes they tell them, okay, so, we'll put three in you just No, we never do that. We okay, never, ever do that. If, if any clinic puts three embryos in you, you need to run away from that clinic because that means that they're not practicing good medicine. I've been watching too much SVU. There are also some clinics that have a rule that they only put one embryo in. Um, we don't do that either because okay. if you are aware of all of the risks of putting two embryos in and having twins and you're healthy and you're in good shape and your body is healthy and you really, really want to go for twins, I have personally no problem against that. So Got we're it. happy to put two. Each embryo has 76 to 84%. So it's not guaranteed just because you put two embryos in that you're going to have twins, but it is a very high likelihood. Okay. Got it. So for couples out there that struggle with infertility, if one of the partners is unable to be fertile, can they still do IVF? Yeah, so we have patients, for example, that the husband has zero sperm. Right. So we have our urology colleagues that specialize in male fertility. They'll even come and get sperm out of the testicle and they'll give it to our lab and then we'll take the eggs out of the woman and put them together and then they can have a kid which they normally would have had zero. Is there any other ways that couples can optimize their chances of getting pregnant? I mean, I think being healthy, I think being in normal weight, I think doing it younger, I think all these things help you get pregnant earlier and better. So what exactly are other way, other reasons why couples turn to IVF aside from potentially not being fertile, Great wanting question. twins? So people who have recurrent miscarriages and we figure out maybe the problem is just poor embryo quality. So then we check and find the healthiest embryo to put that one back. Um, people that have a child with a disease that was inherited from the mom and dad. So if both the mom and dad are carriers of a certain disease, they have a chance of giving the disease to the child. Right. So we have a lot of people that come in because they want to make sure the embryo that's going back into them does not have that disease. Right. So that kind of brings me to the, my next point is why do you think some people seem to view IVF as unethical? I don't hear that often at all. But what I do hear from, from some very religious patients is they don't want their embryo left there. So they want to make like one embryo and put the embryo in them right. and have the baby. 
And then, so they'll freeze eggs because that's, they don't consider that as a human being, but they, an embryo could be the beginning of a human being. So some of my patients prefer just to go a little bit, like one at a time, two at a time, so they don't have leftover embryos. Okay, that But makes otherwise, sense. I don't really get that feedback from people saying it's very unethical at all. Um, I think probably has to do with the fact that why would you want to know whether or not your child has certain types of diseases, everyone is special, everyone's perfect the way they are. I think, yeah. you know, I think the benefit of this world is that you can choose what's appropriate for you and then not appropriate for you. Right. And if that's not appropriate for you, then you shouldn't do it. I like that. Exactly. It's whatever works for you in your life. Absolutely. Versus telling other people what works. Okay. I like that. Can you kind of talk about really quick about the emotional impact that infertility and IVF can have on patients and their partners? Yeah. You know, I think that when people are doing like the egg freezing at a young age, they feel great. They're empowered. They feel good about themselves. Um, I feel when young couples are freezing their embryos because they have to, they want to have kids later and they're working on their careers now, they feel good. I do feel that sometimes when people have waited a long time, their fertility has declined. They've been through a lot. They've postponed this for a really long time. There comes along with it some level of guilt that causes some emotional distress for them. Right. And for that reason, I think it's sad. And unfortunately, we are there for our patients tremendously. Um, I have a background in psychology, so I think that helps me a lot as well. But I think it's also really, really important at that time to support your patient, get them to the nice and appropriate therapist to get right. the support they need. Okay, yeah, I was gonna ask if there was any type of support for these uh, couples. We have referrals that we make out all the time based on patient request or if we think someone could use it. Can you share then a specific amazing story that has touched you in some type of way with your patients when there became a challenge to success with IVF? Absolutely, I had a patient not too long ago. She had originally come to me to freeze her eggs and then she got married. Um, and then she and her husband were trying and she got diagnosed with breast cancer. And she came back last year after going through all her chemo and her radiation and everything saying, they told me I'm cancer free and I'm safe. And we made a beautiful embryo. And then this year she delivered. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it was a beautiful story. I mean, really like beautiful. What else except egg freezing and IVF do you guys do at your clinic? We freeze sperm. Right, and sperm. Right, we freeze sperm. We help people that don't ovulate, ovulate. Um, we freeze eggs, of course. We freeze embryos for couples. But everything we do is fertility related. But I'm also a reproductive endocrinologist. So if someone's hormones that are related to their fertility like polycystic ovary syndrome, or someone needs management just to improve how they feel and how they're doing, we do that as well. Polycystic. So we, we, we also manage hormones that have to do with reproduction. Polycystic ovary syndrome is different than just the random cyst okay. on your ovary, but polycystic ovary syndrome, about six to 8% of the population have it. And then what about the cysts in your ovaries? I mean, women get cysts it's impossible to say someone's never had a cyst. Like if you have an egg left over from the month before, it's called a cyst. I didn't know that's what it was. Yeah. I mean, or there's different kinds of cysts. There's cysts that are cancer. There's cysts that are, have different parts to it and hair to it and teeth to it. There's many kinds of cysts. Do they ever go away by themselves or is it always- Some kind of cysts go away on their own and some have to be surgically removed. So I may have had a cyst and not even know I had Exactly. It. Right, until it becomes a real issue, which I've seen some women have that where suddenly their belly is very bloated and they realize it's a cyst. Correct. Right? Okay, got it. And then you say you help women ovulate when they're not ovulating. What does that mean? We can give pills and medications to people to help them ovulate. 
when they're not ovulating. Right. Okay. That's called Clomid. Ovulating. That's another thing people get confused. Women only ovulate a couple of days in the month. They ovulate one egg and it takes about a day or two and it's out and done. So if you miss the ovulation, then you missed your chance of getting pregnant that month. Right. So all the other days you can have unprotected sex. I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if I should answer that question. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> un- you have protected sex to protect you from STDs right. and a lot of other things. But most of the other days of the month, if you were to have sex, you wouldn't get pregnant. Right. Except my sister who did. Some people don't know when they're ovulating. Yeah. My sister was so shocked when she was pregnant with her third baby. And she's telling me how shocked she is. And she goes, I don't get it. I looked at the schedule and I said, okay, did you guys use a condom? She goes, no. I'm like, okay, there you go. There's the the shock. The problem is that sperm can last up to one week in the body. So let's say you had sex and you're like, okay, I'm not going to have sex anymore for this week because I'm ovulating next week. The sperm, there are some sperm that can stick around for a week. So if you have unprotected sex during the days you're not ovulating, it the stays in your can, body. The sperm can stay around, yeah. F- towards the day, it just yeah. chills there. Yeah. Some sperm can last for a long time. Wow. Okay, that's really interesting. To be ovulating, that means when you get your period regularly? Well, most people that ovulate in the middle of the month, they get a period in the beginning of the month. So right. it's very hard to be ovulating regularly if you don't get a period regularly. Right. They kind of go hand in hand. Okay, understood. So if you, if a woman, as a woman, you're having trouble getting your period or you're not getting it regularly, it means that you may have issues then with ovulating and fertility? Yes. Okay, that's good to know. Is there anything else that I didn't ask you that you want to add? I think you asked amazing questions. I really do. I think you were, I loved how prepared you were with excellent questions. Really? I'll be honest. I felt very stupid because I'm just so no, it's, on you this shouldn't because I think these questions are there for everyone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I will say I'm so happy I'm going through the process with freezing my eggs. And I think a lot of women are in my position in their thirties are really scared, especially finding out whether or not you're fertile. But I think it's better to find out because then you can figure out what to do next. 100%. So um, where can people find you? Uh, so I work at Southern California Reproductive Center in Beverly Hills. Um, it's scrcivf.com. But I also have my own website, which is drgadir.com, D-R-G-H-A-D-I-R.com. Yeah. And on Instagram, I'm Dr. Shaheen Gadir, and on Facebook. So it's Dr. Shaheen Gadir on Instagram and in Facebook. It's the verified page, so make sure you look for that one. And I also have my own podcast called The Fertile Life, where you could hear me talk about these things with a lot of my guests. Yes, and he also interviewed me in the past. So you guys can check out that episode. And I'll obviously we'll leave everything in the description uh, bio of this episode. And I will keep you guys updated about what's going on with my egg freezing. But I think I guess it should be done by next month. So cheers, right? That's right. She will be done. Okay, thank you so much for coming on. And I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your week. Bye.